Father God, I thank you for the preparation that's gone into this morning and for, for Graham's willingness to step up and, and talk about, we'll talk about the subject this morning. Father God, I thank you that as a, as a leaders team, we've had time to, to look at and agree on and, and stand with Graham in, in what's being presented this morning. Father God, I pray that in all things, uh, your love, your mercy, and your truth would be central in what we, uh, what we encounter this morning. So uh, be with Graham by the power of your Holy Spirit and be with us, soften our hearts and our minds that me, we might hear directly from you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. This is the third of my trilogy of talks on Church Family, and the first two were by way of preparation for this third one, really. And it's on Church Family and sexuality, and particularly looking at same-sex attraction, which obviously is a big thing in the culture at the moment, massive changes. So, yeah, I'll be looking at this subject, but of course it does apply to any sex that is outside um, biblical marriage as well so although it's focusing on one thing it's you know it's broader uh, I've been looking at this subject for over 18 months more intensively although I've thought about it a lot before that because uh, it's really important to say something about it and to uh, just to open up the conversation about it and to equip you with um, some tools and some thoughts to answer some tough questions now I'm only going to speak for 10 minutes uh, but then you're going to hear from some other people. He's just started his stopwatch over there. I don't know, no. uh, but I want to make explicit one thing before I go on. Um, this church is not homophobic. If you are attracted to people of the same sex, then God loves you. And so we love you. So that covers everything. Uh, everything that is said today comes within the twin truths that God loves everyone, but also that he knows what behavior is best for us. And uh, Angela's talk last week was, uh, was good preparation for some of that as well. I started looking at this subject, but I was approaching it with a certain sense of trepidation because I thought, well, when it comes to things like gay marriage, if we come out um, as a church to say, well, yes, we're for gay marriage, then it would perhaps feel like we're capitulating to culture um, and that we're perhaps retreating from biblical standards. And where do we go with that? Um, but if we came out against gay marriage, then we could, what would we be then? As some kind of minority in the corner that's got no voice, nothing to say to the culture, having to retreat from any kind of public discourse. So a certain amount of trepidation going into it. So I've watched videos, I've listened to debates, uh, I've attended conferences, read numerous articles and several books on the subject. Um, now pro-gay pro marriage Christians are quite vehement. So what I actually genuinely expected when I came to look at it was that there was going to be clear teaching on how the Bible points to gay marriage and affirms it in some way, some hints of it. But no, I didn't really find that. Um, I found suggestions that some verses about same-sex sexual activity uh, should be interpreted differently. But I wasn't convinced. They could all be quite easily refuted. Of course, you can, you can find all sorts of information online. Uh, about anything you want, and you can find anything to back up any opinion you've got. Uh, the internet's full of opinion, but where, you know, what's, where's the true knowledge? Where's the, something that's got some weight to it? And it also worries me that this kind of textual analysis and changing the meaning of things has only actually come about since the culture's changed in the last you know, couple of decades or so. Um, it's not been an ongoing conversation like it has with other things, where Jesus had sowed the seeds for something to fall, so like with slavery or with equality, those kinds of things and, and racial matters. 
Jesus sowed the seeds so that those things would fall. So he sowed them into a culture that was very different to ours, but the seeds he sowed were, were going to cause those to fall. That wasn't the case um, with this subject. He, Jesus supported the biblical understanding of marriage. Uh, you know, there's other arguments like that stable gay relationships, consensual relationships were unknown at the time the Bible was written, but that's it, just not true. Nero was known to have married two men, so you know, it's, it's anything that goes on today has gone on you know, in the past. It was known about. Um, and what I found was that when these debates moved on to verses that were very clear, where there was no dispute, the pro-gay marriage Christians, instead of addressing those issues, would actually distract. And they'd distract with a story, say, of the lovely gay couple next door, or say things like, how could the church deprive um, this lady of her true love just because it was another woman? So now these were coming out of understandable, understandable and difficult pastoral concerns, but they still weren't addressing what the Bible said. But then I came across an organization called Living Out, um, and I've been to two of their one-day conferences. And Living Out is an organization that was set up by committed Christians who are same-sex attracted. But they choose to live by what they understand to be biblical standards. In other words, not to act on that attraction. And their approach to singleness was deeply Christian and inspirational, really. And they were standing up to culture with a different story. They were neither for gay marriage nor against gay people. I could spend my time today talking about the biblical verses that say that homosexual acts, not people, but acts, are against God's will and best plan for people. And that is really important. Um, but there's not really enough time for me to go through that today. So at the end, what I'm going to give you all is this, um, this, these sheets, which have got an article written by a guy called Sam Albury, who is a same-sex attracted Christian. And he's looking at all the key verses, and there's not loads of them, about homosexuality um, and the arguments around them. So you can have a, a biblical understand or an understanding of what the Bible says and what the different arguments around it are. But also, it's, as a church, it's really important that we give a clear statement on this to help you to deal with some difficult questions. Now, there's an Evangelical Alliance statement. We are part of the Evangelical Alliance, Alliance, and they've got a statement, which we are in agreement with, but we felt that it didn't really express the whole heart of, of our approach. It was quite blunt. Um, so um, I've put together this booklet on same-sex attraction, which is based around that statement, but with a lot more that covers our approach. So you'll each get one of those at the end as well. So that, those twin things will sort of explain where we're at. I'd start with the booklet, um, and then you can look at the biblical verses. And the leaders have seen all this uh, and approved it. Now, I could go what's in there as well, but I could, I've spent so long going through it and honing it and trying to get the wording just right. If I speak around it, I'll only do a poorer job. And if I read it out, it's going to be quite boring. So uh, they'll, they'll come out at the end. So obviously what the Bible says is paramount to our teaching as a church. Uh, we base what we say on what Jesus said and what the Bible says. Um, and if I had more talks to cover it, then I would deal with those. So they're very important. But here's the stark truth. The main reason that people change their minds, whether they're Christians or not, change their minds from a biblical understanding or even just from a traditional understanding of marriage is because of a story. Whether that's a story of people they know or celebrities or through TV dramas or films because we're wired for stories, and they are really powerful. They have a powerful effect on us, and they can make us change our minds about things that we thought we actually felt quite strongly about. 
And of course, that's why Jesus used stories to get across points. And, and it's also why um, gay lobbyists have used stories to get their point across as well and done a very, you know, <laughs> a very effective job of it. So today I'm not going to be quoting biblical verses, Bible verses. I've, as Jesus did that with most of his parables, I've, hopefully I can get away with that just for one week. Because if story is so powerful, then I think the best thing we can do to introduce the subject is to look at some different stories than the ones that the media has portrayed the ones that we've been fed by the world, and to ask the question, have we got a better story? Now, I believe that we have, but we haven't told it. Churches have often just said, this is wrong, don't do this, don't do that. And some have wrongly excluded same-sex attracted people um, simply for being tempted, yet people with other temptations are welcomed, um, and that's even if they're given into them. So people who are gossips or who lie, or are selfish, or indulge in heterosexual um, immorality, all these things, if people did that, we would welcome them. Maybe we even, you know, don't say anything about what's going on. Um, and yet, perhaps, you know, churches have just excluded pe- uh, some same-sex attracted people purely for being attracted, purely for having that temptation, regardless of whether they're giving into it. Um, but worse than that, churches haven't given the the bigger picture, the full story, the, the whole gospel, good news. So I don't believe that your Christian life story is less rich if you're, a, if you're single than if you're married. But we hadn't said it. So that's what I tried to do in the first talk. And I don't believe that cohabiting is a better story than biblical marriage, but we hadn't shown that. And so I tried to do that with the second talk. I don't believe that so-called gay community is as good a story as the community of God's people, which is the church. And I don't believe that gay marriage is as good a story as the fulfilled singleness that comes from loving, being loved by, and serving Jesus in his kingdom. But we'd been afraid to declare that, so I'm saying that today. Now, this is not about telling one group of people that share one particular temptation to sort themselves out and leave them to it. Instead, to be Christians, we all, every one of us, need to ensure that our primary identity is in Jesus. I kind of need another whole talk on that, really, so maybe I'll talk to Steve about getting the fourth one of the trilogy booked in. So I didn't come away thinking, great, I've looked at all the arguments, I can answer all the questions, I can, you know, I can argue against the reinterpretation of the verses and all that. Thinking I've got it pinged down, I can just, you know, I can now I can just tell people what that is. Instead, I came away with my mind kind of blown with uh, this kind of richer vision for how the whole church should be, how it should operate, with a better story for all Christians and for those outside the church. But it threw up an important challenge, not for same-sex attractive people, but for the whole church. Are we living up to God's better, richer, fuller? story. And that's the challenge I've tried to express um, with this series, looking at what it means for the church to be as a family. And that's why I've tried to emphasize it's about family with just a few subsections I've been looking at. But rather than talk much more myself, um, I want you to experience some of uh, some small taste of what I've been through with this by listening to some powerful stories. So every one of the people that you're about to see and hear is same-sex attracted and is a Christian. And so I want to let them speak today. You may think it might not be relevant to you if you're not same-sex attracted and think you don't know anyone who is, but you're going to be surprised and challenged. They challenge all of us with their devotion to Jesus as Lord. 
and number one in their lives. What they say about their struggles with same-sex attraction applies to your issues, both the challenges and the encouragements. So ask yourself as you listen to this, how would I feel if it was my struggle being talked about here? How would I want to be treated? Am I as determined to put my particular issue under the lordship of Jesus as they are with theirs? What can I learn from this? How is God challenging me to change the way I live or the way I relate to my brothers and sisters in the church family? Are we truly the kind of church family that is necessary to enable people to live lives of biblical integrity and to pick them up when they fall? I think we are. I hope we are. Um, I'm sure we can be if we're not. So these amazing Christian people are standing up to culture. It's very difficult to stand up and say these things for them. Um, it's kind of almost gone to the opposite extreme. It was just as difficult to say you were gay in the past. Now it's difficult to say you're having this different approach. But they're standing up to this culture and they've got a different approach. They've got what I think is a better story. So let them inspire you. And we are going to start with Ed and his story. Okay. There was an awful lot to take in there, I'm sure. But hopefully a few things have stood out. Um, and you can probably see how those, these three talks that I've um, given overlap and re, you know, speak to each other. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised when the Bible clashes with our culture. It's always clashed with every culture in every age, with Western, Eastern, modern, traditional. Um, the Bible's God's word, and nobody lives up to that, so it's always going to clash. We don't need to be afraid of that. But I hope you realize it's also you know, not about just using the Bible to say, you must do this. Um, we need to check out the church of being that properly, fully functional church family. And to tell the whole story that accepting Jesus means sacrifice. But he gives us so much that we're ready to do that. And let's remember that God, you know, the gospel is, it is good news. God's kingdom has broken out in this world that so desperately needs him. And we do have good news for all people. I hope you can see from those stories, those people that were living in the gay community, they realized that actually there was still something missing, that that wasn't, you know, couldn't be a way they could place their identity. It was good news for them, even though it was hard. So the gospel is a better story for everyone. So going forward, um, you'll no doubt have loads of questions, and that really has just been a very brief introduction. Um, I couldn't possibly cover them all. Um, on the back of the booklet that you're going to get, it's got reference to the Living Out website. There are, those videos all came from that. There's loads more of them. There's loads of written articles. There's just so much information that asks, you know, answers loads more of the questions. So I suggest if, you, if you've got your own individual questions, go and have a look there. They're probably answered in some way. And perhaps then come prepared to your small groups this week. The third sheet you're going to get given out today is the question sheet. There's one question this week. It's how biblically inclusive is your church? Um, but there are lots of statements to have a think about, which will get, hopefully get a uh, discussion going. But by all means, bring your own questions, look at the website, look through the, uh, the Bible notes. The guy that you saw very last there was the guy that wrote this. If you small group leaders, if you're stuck with anything that comes up, come back to me and I'll do my best to point you in um, to something helpful. But I also want to say, if you yourself struggle with this or have struggled with this, um, feel free to come and talk to me or to one of the leaders. Um, I hope you realise by now that we won't condemn you or reject you and that you can trust us with this. So I'll hand back to Pete now, but we're just going to give out these. So make sure you get three items. Okay. Graham, for those who are listening uh, outside of this room at a later date, where can they get those things from? The booklet is on the website. So if you're listening on the podcast, then feel free to head right now to gillinghamcommunitychurch.co.uk and click on resources and publications, and there you'll find the same-sex attraction booklet. 
Um, and also the questions are available on the uh, small groups, resources, small groups, questions page. For all of us, I just pray that God would be in our hearts and our minds, central to all we are and all we say and do, that you would know his presence with you today, that you would know his presence as you go from here, that his love in your life would benefit those around you, that you'd be a source of light and life for the communities in which you, uh, in which you find yourself. And that's only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit in you. In Jesus' name, amen.